0: There's a lot that's about to make no sense. and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 11th episode of Riverdale Season 5, Strange Bedfellows. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined by my co-host, who it has been so long since I have talked to her in any kind of Riverdale capacity, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this morning? Uh, see, I, I, it's mixed, mixed emotions,
1: because I'm happy to talk to you. I love podcasting with you, but I had to watch Riverdale <laughs> again, and uh, it turns out that it is still cuckoo bananas they took about what six seven months off and uh I in, in my head I thought maybe the show would be normal again when it came back but it is not I
0: think the problem is that in the time away from Riverdale I've been watching a lot of TV and I've been watching a lot of good TV TV where you can do things like trust the writers and I just can't do that in Riverdale and I think for a while we held out hope thinking like oh no there's definitely no way that these writers like just make things up as they go along but that's entirely what what they do. And I spent two hours a couple days ago watching this like expose video that somebody did on YouTube where they broke down like. Uh- all sorts of things from Riverdale about why it's like it could be good but they just choose badness every time. Mm -hmm. And I think my main issue is really just like that the creator and the writers they have a concept that could be fine but then instead they just sort of like drop off random plots and random characters and then treat characters badly and all this stuff. Like the look of the show is nice. The actors really aren't even like bad actors. They just have to deal with all this. And it just kind of makes me sad because it could be a good show if they wanted it to be. I, well,
1: that's debatable. I do still, they do (laughs) have to plan. That's part of being on TV. I'm gonna fight you on this forever. They have a plan, but I think it's that they plan season to season and don't, like, they need a murder wall to connect all of their plots because I think they're just like, okay, well, in this season we'll do this, and don't stop to think, well, how could we connect that to
0: what we've done in the past? But there's, like, literal stuff, like, the entire plot of season four surrounding, like, Jughead's murder was because Cole Sprouse did not feel like going out in the cold to film that like final scene from season three where they do the flash forward so they were just like okay he's not here I guess we'll just have him be dead then and then now I guess that's the plot we're doing and same with like the Black Hood like they had no clue who the Black Hood was gonna be they plan season
1: to season they said okay well season one's gonna be this and it's gonna end with this gotcha moment and they're like okay well now we have to figure out what to do with the gotcha moment then they planned season two then at the end of season two they're like okay what's season three but then when they come up with what's coming next they don't stop to think well but how could this connect to the past and actually make sense like they have a loose plan they're just not good at it like you're not allowed to have a tv show and be like yeah we'll figure it out week to week like that's just not how it works they're not allowed to do that they would if they could they would plan it week to week if they were allowed so instead they're like okay let me loosely plan a season and uh, we will not look to the past to make it make sense
0: nothing like starting the second half of season five off with a nice rant we so. listen
1: this is I feel like we always go back and forth on this because like the, the industry is just gonna make them have some kind of plan I'm not saying it's a good plan and we can agree on that I they don't do a good job yeah. doing it
0: but they have a plan I think they have a plan but what I think is annoying is like there are so many shows where it's very clear that despite whether or not like the dialogue is perfect or the acting is perfect most shows you'll be like oh hey every action that people takes like has a meaning, whether it's a good one or a bad one. Whereas with this show, it's like they, you know, we go back to the Veronica portrait a lot. There is absolutely no reason why that Veronica portrait was like a thing that existed if there wasn't going to be a recording device or camera in it. And they just never had it there. Why are you constantly panning the camera, zooming in on the portrait behind her head? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they're punking us. They're (sighs) like,
1: haha, Uh you're still
0: watching this show. Doesn't your life suck? Okay, sure. Anyway, so, uh, hi. Welcome back to Riverdale. Welcome back to Kowski cast. I went in to watch this episode on Thursday and I could not for the life of me remember what happened in the first half of season five. That's right. Glad they had a recap, but me skipping the recap, even though it's been six months, I was like, <laughs> I don't care about this. I sort of remembered some stuff, but I completely forgot that, like, Hiram blew up the prison and then allowed all the prisoners to escape. Forgot about that. How dare you forget that? I remembered it
1: happening. I didn't think it I thought like was that the last episode that we saw though? Yeah I think so because I thought that there had been more in between that I had just forgotten about but I guess it was just the most recent thing we saw. Like the
0: only thing I remembered from the end of the last episode was the like Jughead doing shrooms and then like cutting his own hand out of his cuffs which we still don't know how he did but that (laughs) that was it.
1: That was so stupid.
0: Yeah there's a lot of questionable stuff
1: again and I'm sure I said this when we recapped that episode in the the winter I've never done shrooms personally but I don't think that's how shrooms are
0: couldn't tell you. I haven't done shrooms either, but, you know, if it makes me dance and sing to songs from hair, then that checks out. Stop it. it also, none of this rant or confusion is going to make any sense if somebody's, like, listening to this in order without the big gap, but whatever. It, it is what it is. Guess what? Riverdale went away
1: for, from what, February to August. I, I, we don't really know
0: why. Man, we had some blissful
1: months, didn't we? It was so nice.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, last time on Riverdale, Hiram blew, blew, <laughs> Hiram blew up a prison. I'm sorry. He
1: didn't blow up the prison. He just what, made he a, a big a hole, hole into it. in the wall so that all the prisoners could escape. Because now here's my question. Did he blow like a series of holes so that they could get through
0: all of the wall? Like surely all the prisoners don't have access to this one stretch of wall. No, I'm pretty sure they're all in exactly one chamber in this high security prison. I have no idea. They didn't tell us. Well, we this have, is we not no a high security prison. It's like none of this makes any sense. I'm also pretty sure the prison itself is on the south side. It's not in Riverdale. It's where the uh, south side high used to be. Right. And I'm I'm still confused if the town that Hiram is building, this like new town, if that is just the south side or if it's a separate place south of Riverdale. So
1: I think it's like there's Riverdale and then there's Sodale which is where the prison is and probably like a turnpike on the interstate and then off of that there's like, I think, uh, subdivisions and, like, the burbs, which Hiram is, like, running...
0: That, that's how I see it. Yeah, but I don't like that we've retconned this idea that like Sodale slash the South Side is like a separate town. It's just part of Riverdale. He's like, no, not only no. has he detowned Riverdale, but he's also like created a new town out of nothing.
1: Well, no. So he detowned Riverdale, but kept South
0: Side of Riverdale as a town. That's not a thing. Detowning something I don't <laughs> think is a thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that happened and the whole reason he did that was because there's some palladium, which, okay, is palladium real? We've had this debate and I don't remember. Oh, I think it is real. I don't remember. Let me Google. Um, <laughs> I can't because- remember if this is a real element or a fake thing.
1: Because <laughs> I remember you were like, oh, uh, is that the metal from the Marvel movies? And I was like, no. Okay. Um. Oh, it is a soft silver white metal that resembles platinum. It is the least dense and has the lowest melting point of the platinum group metals. Okay. So it. I don't understand. Is this like very expensive?
0: I don't know. No, but like basically, I think the idea that we're supposed to believe is that his entire Whoa! what palladium costs two thousand six hundred and
1: forty-six dollars per ounce. Is that is that a lot? I think that's a lot. It's eighty-five dollars okay. a gram.
0: Eighty-five thousand dollars for a kilo. Wow. And that's it's gone down. So from what I can tell, I think the show wants us to believe that from the beginning, from day one, when Hiram came to town and wanted to do the Sodale project and buy up all the land on the south side in order to build this prison, the result was not because he wanted a prison. It was because he knew that there was going to be palladium under it. Yeah. I'm confused. Why build the prison then? Why not just dig up the palladium?
1: Yeah. So what they're telling us now is that palladium uh, has always been under the south side of Riverdale and uh, Hiram has always wanted it he needed the prism so he could have slave labor to harvest it obviously but I just it's all of this research is saying that the bulk of the palladium supplies come from Russia South Africa oh the US and Canada so it could be in the US but it's mostly just a it looks like it's just a mostly a byproduct of mining other stuff like platinum and nickel I don't know it's very expensive because supply has lagged and uh, it gets used for um, creating catalytic converters, which is part of a car's exhaust system that controls emissions, because they want less pollution, they need more palladium to make catalytic converters to make cars more eco-friendly. Okay, that's why it's so expensive.
0: I guess I can get behind that. So uh, that's the Hiram plot, but like the also part of this is like, hey, we're gonna send all these prisoners to Riverdale to like trash the place even more because why not? We're just well, and yeah, if they can to devalue Riverdale
1: if they can trash Riverdale high then um, it will no longer be a school and then people more people will have to leave. Right. I think is also part of it
0: yeah it's like Hiram's got kind of multiple schemes going on because there's also like the whole swampland that he bought up that we're not sure what he's doing with and where is this? is the swampland like the, the turnpike
1: is it in Sodale is it in Riverdale is it
0: I don't know of I think those it's things. like I think it's near Sodale I think he is trying to build a turnpike and I think he's also like there's all the dead bodies there which we're still not sure if that's like related to him or not and I think is there it might...
1: aliens is it serial killers I don't killers? know I
0: think there might also be more police down there, there was also like a wasn't there some kind of factory or something that was doing something, or there was like an army base. I don't know. Yes,
1: there was like a an, a secret army base, which is part of why people think there's aliens, because like obviously this army base is there because of the alien
0: kind of like Area Fifty One type stuff. Right. So that's yeah. the Hiram stuff. Um, the Veronica stuff, if you remember last time, was she wanted to to get together with Archie, but she needed to go get a divorce from her husband. So Mm -hmm. he was like, "Okay, if you come home, I'll sign the divorce papers. She comes home and he's like, hey, by the way, I'm in like huge amount of debt. And um, also because we're still married, everyone's going to believe that like you're in this as well. So you can't get a divorce with me because it's illegal trading or some. shit." Right. Yeah. There was something bad he was doing. So he's like, I just need you to give me. I don't know how much money, some amount of money so I can get out of debt and then I'll sign the divorce papers. He's
1: never signing those papers.
0: Yeah. So Veronica like got some like she's trying to get out of that. Okay. And then And I've got Problems with this Oh yeah We'll get to it I'm just trying to remember What happened last time Okay And then last time Betty We got I don't remember Exactly Betty got into the truck Because
1: um There She was trying to find Polly Right She decided And she like started She was going into All of the semi-trucks And like pulling the truckers out To like question them And then decided The only way to find The serial killer Was to become a trucker And we see her We The
0: last thing we saw of her Was her getting into a semi-truck Right So she gonna do that. And then <laughs> Jughead is, like, trying to write a book uh, and then he instead just, like, n- n- tripped on some shrooms Yeah, be- to help his writers block. Yeah, that happened. Um, And then Cheryl and her mom became witches and they prayed for a magical wind that blew a fire away from their maple groves. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, wow. because I believe that there's also palladium below the maple groves that Hiram wants. Yes, because Hiram was trying to buy it. Uh, I think there's just Just maybe like palladium everywhere, which
1: again, for the record, due to my uh, brief Google search, I can tell you, you don't just mine palladium, you like mine nickel and then also get palladium.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why, like, how did Hiram know there was palladium all over Riverdale? I don't know. Anyway, maybe, maybe Mm. it's like they used to mine nickel there or something. No one knows. I don't know. I heard that this town's industry was maple syrup and that's it. Oh my God. I I can't even with all the maple references in this episode. Okay. Oh, you
1: didn't like all the sweet water? references? No, no, I did not. Oh, that's weird because I really thought I'm glad Riverdale's bringing back a cult
0: plot line. This is fun. That's how I felt. You know what? Let's start with that. Let's just get it out of the way. All right, let's talk about the Cheryl slash um, new cult, I guess. Yeah, new religious Penelope cult. has started a cult. Yep, a quote unquote ministry while she was in prison. And so she wants to hold services at the Blossom Estate. Can I say one more thing also? Uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense that this prison was co-ed.
1: And I know we've brought yeah. this up before, but it still really just peeves me off. Like, I'm cheesed. There's Sorry. a lot that's about to make no sense because... <laughs> that, can we just, like, <laughs> retroactively add that clip to the beginning of every podcast we've had about <laughs> Riverdale? Just a word of warning before you listen to this episode of Kowski Cast: There's a lot of stuff that's about
0: to happen that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yep. So... But, like, here's what I don't get. She's holding these services. she's it says these people going to the That's what services. I was going to ask. Are these, pr- like, also escapee prisoners? Or are these, uh, d- like, just random people in Riverdale who really need a cult in their lives? We have found out
1: that the community of Riverdale is very... Susceptible to Susceptible to cult cults. Yeah. <laughs> Which most people are, to be honest. Like, even, like, an educated person. Like, people can okay. end up pulled into this stuff oh, no. all the time.
0: I get that. And I think that they actually, like, maybe I, I, this might not be... G- great to say but I think that they did like a pretty good job in season 3 of giving people reasons for why they wanted to join the cult like the fact that Evelyn was in school trying to get like teenagers to join a club and then the club was supposed to like make them feel closer together and the club was going to be part of the cult the fact that you have like a super hot guy running it that helps I would like you to take back any
1: compliments for season 3 of Riverdale like I I
0: can't do it come on but then like with this situation I think that's like that's pretty different the way that they were doing the farm stuff from this which is oh i'm now like a minister of this new religion Mm -hmm. i've created just show up my dead son yeah and we just see people showing up for no reason so she said the town can't be saved until its soul is saved and she realized Mm -hmm. while in prison that her son Jason's death was just a sacrifice in order to shepherd the town into the light no the nothing but bad
1: stuff has happened to this town since Jason Blossom died
0: yeah so Cheryl's gonna call her mom out and be like you're swindling people's you know money and using JJ's name in vain and then Cheryl is like you tells her mom that her mom's just been gaslighting her for years and lying, and then the whole creepy Julian doll, which, like, thank you for shouting that out, but, like, long time coming. I, I don't know. Well, and but then
1: even, sorry, so even when Cheryl's getting mad, she's not even like, oh, well, you're, like, using Jason's name in vain. She's like, hey, we need money, not whatever this is. Then Penelope's like, okay, we'll get money. Part of the sermon
0: or whatever that Cheryl's mom is giving is, like, we're gonna move into the light, to the land beyond where maple syrup flows in rivers. Stop with the maple syrup. It's not a thing. Just be quiet. And then Cheryl is going to open a trunk in her somewhere that has Jason's skeleton. Like, girl, why? You don't need this. They did the Viking funeral. Why does she have the skeleton? I don't know. I guess she went and like, collected She went back it. for it? I don't, I don't know. Doesn't
1: make sense to me. Yeah. Um, If Penelope having a cult does not end with everyone in the cult drinking poison, I don't know why we're alive. Because it just makes so much sense.
0: She loves loves poisoning people. And then a very poorly animated red bird shows up on Ken- on Cheryl's windowsill which I guess is supposed to be her being like, "Okay, Jason's like a thing or right. something." And then th- her and her mom are also going to um sing as part of the uh hair montage we're going to get later. And while they're doing that, we see like a a vision of Jason, which I think is funny cuz they got the original actor and I'm like, "Wow, he's a lot older and like better looking at this point than he was in that first episode." Yeah, he is. <laughs> Much like, better looking. Well, I also feel like they didn't make him have like as aggressively red hair. Yeah, he looks he looks a little better here. That's really it for the Cheryl thing. I the main thing I want to call out is like, did you watch the season five part two like preview that they did? Absolutely not. Okay, so I watched it, and there's most of it is highlighting like the fact that we're gonna have Josie and the Pussycats return, which That's I'm glad right. about. Uh, and a lot of the other stuff was clips from this episode that we saw. But there's like a whole overtone of like a Religious theme like Josie and the Pussycats are singing some sort of I, I Don't know what the song is but it Sounded uh, I feel like they were saying Like Lord or amen Ugh. or something no, and it, Thank you I, I, th- that's probably really Like blasphemous because I don't know What the song was and I didn't look it up But it was like it was something like That and then like there's a whole lot Of shots of Cheryl like being like Let's pray and like holding people's Hands and then saying amen and so I think There's like this whole religious Overtone we're gonna have which I we Don't need in uh, in this book but whatever. It's going to be what it is. I just,
1: this is probably going to sound a little blasphemous.
0: (laughs) As if show Riverdale isn't I know I know it's bad okay um so that's the Cheryl plot we blew through that fast and now even though this is the one that's the longest let's blow through this one fast which is the I don't know I called it the school cleanup slash capture the criminals slash the blue opal plot line like what is this I don't know I'll tell you what it's not good yeah saw that coming (laughs) so Archie is like okay it's gonna take three weeks to repair the school so we gotta and then Alice mentions like okay I guess we gotta go back to remote learning learning what is this like a reference to COVID or is this like why were they remote learning at some point in Riverdale the show
1: was set in 2020 and they never referenced COVID or remote learning why did they do this shut up Alice it doesn't make any sense and also that is not three weeks of work that is a lot more work than three weeks
0: it's three weeks of work if you have a crew of like 50 people and also a lot of money but you have neither of those things
1: they have like four people and zero dollars
0: yeah four people who I believe also have multiple other jobs but okay They're going to be teaching remotely while they fix the school. Yeah. So um, Veronica gets a blue opal from her, quote unquote, gem contact in Ethiopia. What does this mean? Like, did she pay for this? Did she buy this from someone? Did they find it? Like, what's happening?
1: I I do think that the impression is that this is an illegal opal, like um, a blood diamond type stitch, but it's not a diamond. I don't think opals are that big. I don't think
0: anything. It's the size of a softball. I, I literally have no idea, but whatever it is, she has a buyer who wants to buy it and that's going to give like a lot of money that she can help with the Chad situation. Archie's like, hey, we're going to keep our distance and not hook up anymore until the divorce papers are signed. Oh, and Archie is mad
1: that the divorce papers are not signed.
0: Yeah, there's like a little mini subplot that sort of happens where this guy named Jeremiah Peterson tries to rob Pops and Tabitha knocks him out and then sh- the Sheriff Keller like takes him to the hospital and is mm-hmm. questioning him on how many other criminals are left in Riverdale uh, but he doesn't really get an answer for them. But it doesn't matter because two seconds later, we have Dodger and his mom for and I was like, oh, my gosh, they have, were in this show so long ago. And then I realized like it was actually like season four, episode seven. Like it wasn't that long ago. But um, which the famous ice storm slash Thanksgiving episode. But uh, Mrs. Andrews, I'm obsessed. Yes. That episode. Uh, if you would like to have some memories of that, go back and listen to our spoiler tale with Allie Lasher that we did for that episode. First of all, I've got so many problems. One, oh, really? town, yeah, you have a couple problems with
1: this? this no, number one, this town doesn't have a fire department, but they somehow still have a working hospital. That doesn't make any sense. Number two, the size of the opal. It doesn't make any logical sense to me. Number three, Veronica has like the thing where the door is locked and you have to buzz people in and she doesn't look up and just buzzes in these criminals when she has been informed by Smithers that the breakout happened. Wait, does she have... The thing where she can buzz in? Yeah, she she buzzes them in. They knock on the door and she buzzes them in. And then she's like, oh, bangs. Who are you? Like, Veronica, like, work on your security system here. Like, it's obviously, like, I'm I'm not blaming the victim for getting robbed here. But, like, you know there's criminals.
0: Why are you buzzing people in when you have the opal out? Also, she deliberately built this jewelry store in a town that is, like, known for just constantly being smashed to pieces. So, like, maybe don't do that. Or if you are going to do that. That and you need way more security than this. She also, uh, like, reaches for some sort of like silent alarm, and Dodger's like, don't even think about it or something. And is like, who is that alarm gonna call? Like, who is, is it gonna call? The Sheriff Keller? officer? Yeah, yeah. Like, like who, yeah. So, whatever. It doesn't matter. They take the opal, and, um, Archie, Fangs, Kevin are cleaning up the school. I'm, this is where I'm like kind of annoyed also because this is a thing that Riverdale does all the time, which is they will end an episode with like a big cliffhanger in. Interesting thing between characters. And then they'll come back, especially after a break. They'll come back and those characters will not have, like, they won't have resolved the issue, but we don't even get a scene. Like, I think if you're going to put Fangs and Kevin in an entire episode together, we need at least one moment from them where they're like, hey, you know what? Let's put our personal trauma aside for a second to figure out this school situation. Like that. Like, we need something. But instead, it's like, wait, are they friends again? What's going on? What's happening? We don't know. And I would like to know. Yes, because that was a very intriguing plotline that I honestly think we're not going to hear back any more of until Tony comes back. And even yep. then, we're probably never going to fully resolve it. So thanks. Literally. And it's annoying. Yeah, I'm um, not but happy. But this is where um, they
1: see on the news that um, Hiram is offering an, a reward for anyone who can capture the criminals that stuck around Riverdale. And Archie's like, perfect. This is my way to get money. I'll go be a bounty hunter.
0: Wouldn't be the first time. Why? Why? I don't know. So uh, he goes to Hiram who gives him a list of the names. This is something that really irritates me also is that like Archie and Hiram have so much conflict. He's tried to kill him so many times and yet he's just going to be able to walk into his office and like get the bounty list. I don't know. I
1: like how Hiram's like, here's the list of who we think is still out there. Hiram, you know
0: who's in your prison. Why do you not have a specific list of who is still missing? Stop that. Stop it. So I think there's like seven people or something. It's like none of this really makes me Sense because then we're gonna have like Dodger and his mom later on who are gonna kill Jeremiah Peterson because they're gonna be like we don't want him saying any more information to anybody. He didn't say any information. Like the information was out because Hiram put a bounty list out. Like I I don't know. It felt like the whole Jeremiah Maya Peterson thing was like a plot that, that he none of that mattered. It didn't need to be there because we were going to find out about the criminals anyway and how many were left in town. From he Hiram. had
1: to die so that they had a scene where they could kidnap Sheriff Keller. I have to, they
0: could have kidnapped Sheriff Keller at any other time. Okay, th- whatever. Uh, Governor Dooley is also in this plot. And um, he's like, apparently he's been working with Hiram and he wants his cut of the palladium. And Hiram's like, oh, we didn't find any palladium. And Dooley's like, yeah, no, I don't believe you. Veronica tries to get Reggie to help her again. And he like stands his ground for a second. And I really liked it when he was like, this isn't high school anymore. I don't have to just do whatever you want. And then he was like, but for old time's sake, I'm still so gonna help you. I also really like, this is where we find, out
1: why Reggie is working for Hiram. And it's because his dad had gambling debts and now uh, he's working them off. But then later in the episode, Reggie's like, yeah, well the bad side pays better. And I'm like, you're not getting paid. You're paying off a debt. What are you doing? Also, also
0: your dad sucks. Why are you paying off his debt? Yeah, why are you paying off your dad's debt? You're like a grown man who should hate your dad. I mean, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to say like that he should hate his dad, but like dad was horrible to him. Yeah, his dad
1: sucks. He's bad.
0: There's like a whole thing where friends Frank is also still
1: here and yeah because he's done good work during the breakout uh they're gonna try and get him a pardon yeah which i think they do question mark uh, it, at the end of the episode it seems like he's gonna get it but like he doesn't actually get it
0: yeah i don't know i don't know because i mean he like helps save sheriff or not uh governor dooley's life so that kind of happens so basically archie and the boys find some of the escaped prisoners and they take them in and then reggie and veronica are also there and so Archie like also gets this is when like the two groups come together and he's like okay I'll mm-hmm. help you find your opal and then I I do like the fact that Archie does call Veronica out for being like yo like you want me to help you find this opal but like you've done all this stuff that I'm not okay with like you definitely went back and slept with your husband and he didn't sign the divorce papers so not really sure why I need to be helping you at this moment yeah but here's the thing
1: we're supposed to believe that Archie is some sort of altruistic hero who always does things for the right reason reasons, but now he's just acting like a straight up incel. Like, oh, you won't even, like, no, we can't be together but, so
0: I won't help you. Yeah, but in the same token, I don't like how Veronica is like, oh, I can just walk into, like, walk up to Archie and be like, hey, you need to help me with this. Like, she she never asks someone to help her, if you notice. She always yeah, just like... she's entitled. Yeah, she always just like walks up to Reggie, walks up to Archie, hey, I need you to help me with this problem that I created. Very I frustrating. I don't think she created this problem. I, don't I think, think she Hiram- should have created this problem.
1: I don't think she should have had her opal on display like that. Well, she was showing it to the buyer. I don't care. I don't think we should be victim blaming her here.
0: I, I- do not think that Veronica is a victim in this scenario. She was robbed. She was a victim of okay, robbery. Sure. She was, but she's in the town of Riverdale where she knows that escaped prisoners are. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like this line of, of thinking. I do not care for it. Oh my gosh. Veronica gets a call from Hiram and I'll, why does her phone contact say daddykins? Stop. Because she's gross. I hate this so much. There's some guy named Ted and he and the Dickinsons have Ted is the one who beat up Archie
1: in the bathroom when that was the whole like uh bounty not bounty hunters, um uh, uh uh what was it that his uncle used to do? He was a uh, a mercenary yeah. with the mercenary plot line. The the redheaded guy's the one who beat the crap out of Archie that time.
0: Oh great. L- yes, any reference to the mercenary plot line, please. Yeah,
1: please continue to reference the things that made no sense that we don't care about. (laughs) Thanks. Anyway,
0: so that guy, Mercenary Ted, plus the Dickinsons have Dooley, Hiram, and Sheriff Keller captive, and they want the Palladium, so um, Dodger, aka Double D, uh, shoots Dooley in the stomach, and they're like, okay, well, now we only have like three hours to get it, so they go to Hiram's office, they get his safe, and they bring it to them, but like, oh, JK, there's a Batman-like surprise where the guys come in through the ceiling. Why is this happening? I do believe believe
1: that if you got shot in the abdomen, I think you would die in less than three hours. Maybe it was a little tiny shot. Because I think you would bleed out. Yeah. It, lo- it looks bad. Like, because that goes through a lot of stuff. Like, I just, I think Dooley would have died if there was any realism at all on this show, which thankfully we already know there's not. Yeah. But yeah, so Veronica's like, well, I know where they are, but they're going to know like all of the entries and exits. And Archie's like, N- except for one, there's a skylight that I covered up. We could come in through the ceiling no. I hated this. Please don't do this.
0: Too bad. They did. They came in through the ceiling and uh, they get the opal back and they then that's it except at the very end. There's also a great part where the fight montage that's happening here instead of it being a fight montage mixed in with um, someone singing uh, it's it's some people tripping on shroom fries while they're fighting. My favorite kind of montage. I um, think the show could do with fewer montages. Um, and at, the, at the end of the episode while Governor Dooley in the hospital, Hiram is like, hey, I'm not going to give you any palladium, by the way. Oh, and uh, if you ever try to ask me for it again, then I will kill you. So love that we have that. I just think, uh, why
1: not just kill Dooley and then like hopefully the new governor won't know about the palladium?
0: I don't know. We probably shouldn't be encouraging murder. Well, I mean, in <laughs> real life, obviously not. I also don't
1: encourage closing down a town so that you can have prisoners be do slave labor to mine palladium. But if you're going to be this evil man... Why are you leaving people alive who know what you've done? Cause he's not that s- smart. I guess cause this is like a CW show. Yeah. Okay. I, I did like when they find Hiram's uh, save run. Cause like, ugh, my dad's like Luther.
0: Shut yep. up. I've been watching Smallville, and um, that is way the better of the two CW shows, so. I
1: think if we ranked all CW shows from the beginning of time, this might be the worst one.
0: I haven't watched that many, so I don't know.
1: I uh, Maybe, okay, Dawson's Creek might be worse.
0: I think Dawson's Creek is probably worse. I
1: hate Dawson's Creek. It's boring, and Dawson sucks, but, yeah. da- but so does Archie, so like... Is Dawson know. a
0: character in Dawson's Creek?
1: Yeah, Dawson's the main character. He's this big nerd who wants to be a director and his idol is Steven Spielberg.
0: See, because the only Dawson I know is Dawson from Survivor, I just assumed that Dawson was a, a woman.
1: No, Dawson is a boy. Um, He sucks. His friend Pacey is way better than him. The real ones, no.
0: And that was the Dawson's Creek minute. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Betty, Tabitha, and Jughead. So, uh, if you remember, we left... Off, Jughead wrote his manuscript, pieced out. Tabitha finds his yes bloody handcuff. Um, so. Tabitha calls Betty while she's in her truck doing a stakeout or something. I'm not sure exactly what she's Mm -hmm. doing. And Tabitha explains what happened with Jughead and the shrooms and all that. So Betty is like, well, Jughead really shouldn't be my problem anymore or Tabitha's, but uh, I guess I'll help. So this this is the third instance in this episode of someone basically being like, yeah, this is really not my thing that I need to deal with, but okay." because like Reggie, Archie and Betty all do this. And it's, uh, like, just admit that all these
1: people are weird and they want to be in each other's business. Like, stop trying to set that they have boundaries because they don't have them.
0: Yeah, and then Tabitha even quotes what Jughead had said in the previous episode, which was she she tells Betty that Jughead, like, wanted Tabitha to do the shrooms with her, and she said no, and then he said, don't be such a Betty, the first sign of fun, and you try to kill it, which again makes no sense because we've never seen Betty to be like that? I think that Jughead
1: just got really bitter in the years since he has seen the rest of the gang and he has now, like, used his experience to like put a filter over everything and like it's like he doesn't remember the good times with Betty he just remembers that she like hooked up with Archie and has allowed that hurt to cover everything and be like oh yeah Betty just hates fun and she
0: sucks I think Betty liked fun a little too much which is why she hooked up with Archie
1: I think Betty liked fun more than Jughead did yeah
0: exactly so they check the bunker and they read Jughead's manuscript while looking for clues which based on everything the two women say This was not some sort of like genius writing that he churned out. Wait, so you're telling (laughs) me Jughead's a bad writer? But little did they know uh, they would be reading garbage. I'm saying that this is someone who has written a successful book. So he clearly has some writing skills in this universe, but that he was false to believe that like tripping on shrooms was um, somehow going to churn out some amazing writing and instead churned out a bunch of nonsense about mole people and aliens. So Mothman and Mole Yes. So that is the thing. They don't find any clues in the manuscript. Meanwhile, uh, Jughead is in an alley somewhere and then some like business guys come and beat him up. I don't know. Some dudes and in suits. And I don't know why. They <laughs> no like it's dudes
1: in suits. They hand Jughead cash and then beat the crap out of him. Did they pay him to beat him
0: up? I think they're just making fun of the fact that he, like, looked like a homeless person. I I actually have no idea, like, what this was about. I don't know why these guys beat him up. It'd be one thing if these were, like, other gang members, but it's not. It's just, like, some randos. So that happens, and then Betty calls Jessica, who is Jughead's ex, because she's like, maybe we can find out more about the shrooms.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, she gave him the shrooms, so let's talk to her. This is a bad idea so stupid. I hate everything about this.
0: I do want to point out, though, that the angle that we saw during this scene when she's calling Jessica, we can see that there is a bathroom in the bunker, and there was also, like, a crap ton of toilet paper stacked up on the side, so. Just another COVID reference, I guess. Yeah, I just was appreciative of the fact that there definitely is a bathroom. Thank you. So then this guy named Doc, a.k.a. Calvin, says he has, like, rescued Jughead from where he was beat up or something, and he's like, "Uh, you have an infection in your hand, because obviously. And so he gives him some soup and he says that he has a guy going out to get him some... Antibiotics. Yeah, antibiotics. I had to look up my notes from season four, episode 10, Varsity Blues, because they they show the flashback, but I wanted to see whether or not this was like a deleted scene or if this was actually in the episode. Mm -hmm. So this is all a reference to that scene where Jughead was at a skull and quill meeting Mm -hmm. and he was telling the Stonies a secret because they all had to go around and say a, a secret. My... Notes from that episode say Jughead says he used to be homeless and would live under the bridge by the docks. Some junkies beat the life out of the guy who would protect him. He just watched and never told anyone, not even Betty, and that's like his biggest regret or something. Yeah. So this is that guy? Yeah. So I guess he survived. Yeah. So okay, uh Jughead lies and tells this guy that his name is Henry, but then like at the end of the episode, the guy's like, "Yeah, I totally knew you were Jughead." So
1: Oh, the person who still looks exactly the same? i'm shocked like uh, whatever so jessica comes down from new york uh because she's gonna help them search for junkhead they're gonna look for clues they go to all of his like secret hiding places they go to his desk at the school they look under the stairs at the school they look at where he's been living at archie's house they uh
0: and and they go to the bunker and they're looking for contraband and at first, I wasn't sure what was happening. I assumed that, like, clearly Jessica was not really helping them look for Jughead. I assumed that she was there to try and find, like, some other drugs or something. I wasn't really sure what was happening. Or, like, get her money, maybe. Yeah, we find out that actually she's there in order to get Jughead's manuscript because she had read Jughead's original book, which apparently was, like, not very kind to Betty. Which I feel like, is this, like, a retro fit? Because I was pretty sure that the Outsiders book was, like, basically basically Betty and Jughead's like love story or something maybe that was in fan fiction I don't remember
1: (laughs) Mm, I think that it was like the it was supposed to be their love story but then it has the twist of like but then she screwed me over too by sleeping with my best friend I I, that's what I would assume but I don't think we've ever actually gotten like the full plot and uh Jessica's like well you cheated on him blah 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 and then Betty's like well listen to this voicemail of
0: angry Jughead yeah so I'm gonna read this voice voicemail, which it was really long. This is the voicemail that I'm actually, thank you writers for everything negative that I just said about you. I really thought we were never going to hear about the voicemail because this was mentioned in episode either one or two of this season. So it was like Betty was talking with Jughead and, and he was like, oh, it's good to see you. And she's like, yeah, I didn't think you wanted to see me again after that voicemail you sent. And he was like, oh no, it's a misunderstanding. So we have a clearly intoxicated Jughead who is calling Betty and leaves this voicemail that says, Betty, where the hell are you? You said you were going to come to my release party. But what? You bailed? Of course you bailed. You've just been blowing me off for years. Why should I even expect anything different? You know, I see you, Betty. I see what I should have seen seven years ago, which, by the way, makes no sense because this voicemail was from two years ago. So at that time, Mm -hmm. it should have been five years ago. Just saying. That's right. That's right. You pretend to be nice, but you're only looking for weak spots. And when you find them, you press on them like a bruise. Like when you hooked up with Archie, you know you found the one person that hurt both me and Veronica, and you just went there. You're a cold, fake, duplicitous bitch. And once people read my book, everyone's going to see that, which is harsh. But where's the lie? Pretty sure all of that was true. So. Um,
1: I don't think that Betty's just pretending to be nice to hurt people. I, I don't think no. that's a fair
0: assessment of her motivation. I don't think that's true. But I do think that she knew very well throughout their relationship that Jughead had like some hangups about the fact that he was basically the second person that Betty liked and that she always really wanted to be with Archie and that he was Archie was his friend and he was always a little bit, you know, like jealous of of Archie. And so I think that like, I think what she did, I feel like we didn't talk about it enough at the time, but I think her hooking up with Archie was like pretty bad.
1: Well, I think like her hooking up with Archie to me, it's bad because it's cheating. You shouldn't do that. But I don't like, it's not like she was like, oh, I hate Jughead and I want to cheat on him to hurt him. So let me pick what's going to hurt him the most. It was her being like, oh, maybe these feelings that I thought were gone are not gone. And even though I shouldn't explore them, I'm going to anyways. I, like, I just, the way that he is saying it in the voicemail and the way it's described here is like, oh, Betty was trying to be a bad person. She wanted to hurt Jughead and she looked for the way to do it the most effectively. That's not what she wanted to do. Like, she just made a mistake. It wasn't like uh, this, like, planned evil thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was planned, but I think that it was, it was weird that Betty was like, here is my proof, this voicemail, that Jughead is, like, not that nice because I'm clear... Clearly a super nice person and here's this like horrible voicemail he left and I was like I feel like you're at fault a little too
1: but I don't think that's how she was saying it I think she was just like yeah Jughead can also be a jerk look at this rude like that's a rude voicemail regardless of any accuracy of what Jughead is saying that's true so from
0: all of this it's like we find out that yeah Jessica she heard that Jughead wrote a manuscript while he was tripping and so she wants to take it so that she can make sure that there's no like bad mentions of her in it because she's he doesn't want to get Bettied, which I don't really understand why Betty gives her the manuscript, considering the fact that Betty and Tabitha have just read it. And as far as we know, there were no mentions about her. Also, like, hey, Jessica, I know you dated our, uh, Jughead for a little while, but I don't think you're the girl that he's hung up on that he's going to like. No yeah, no offense. Absolute, absolutely not. Yeah. Anyway, but Betty gives it to her. And the reason Betty gives it to her, and I think all of us could have seen this a mile away, is because Jessica, while they're at Pops and they're listening to this voicemail and stuff, Jessica, like gives them some french fries that she sprinkled some shroom flakes on and so they start tripping and she like leaves them in the bunker and she's like ride it out have fun and that's yeah. when we get the walking in space random song. <laughs> I hated this. I just thought it was like very unnecessary. Like there was no I point to it. Why did they do it like that? I think the only part I really liked was I felt like uh, like Tabitha singing was really good and we actually got to hear Cheryl sing in her range for a little while. That was nice. Instead of having her sing like way higher than she, is her range, but okay. I, and I,
1: all of their songs are so auto-tuned anyways. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I have no clue what the purpose of this was. I think they were trying to like get some of the, I think they're always trying to like recapture the magic of like season one. And I think in season one, they thought that the audience really liked the song spy like Josie mm-hmm. and the Pussycats. And so they're like, "What? Do, well, we guess we just need like in some songs. And they've been trying to do that for a while with the whole Veronica's, like, club speakeasy yeah, thing. Yeah, she's and always performing
1: at the speakeasy. But, and the thing is, is it's like, yeah, Josie and the Pussycats were good because they were a legitimate musical group and also part of the plot. Yes. Like, it, it wasn't just so
0: random. Yeah, it makes sense for Josie and the Pussycats to sing considering they are a musical group both in this school and also in the Archie comics just world. Honestly, but. I'm grateful that they're not leaning on Archie being a musician again. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, Jughead is going to uh, wake up at Doc's house or wherever this... Whatever shack this is. Yeah. And um, those business guys are back. They're beating up Doc. So Jughead like runs over and smashes like a like a plywood crate over one of their heads. And then later on, yeah. he's gonna be like, did I kill that guy? It's like, I don't think that would have killed someone. Like, I'm honestly pretty surprised it knocked that guy out. The
1: thing is, is like head wounds are weird. Like, if you hit someone in the right spot. You don't have to hit them that hard to kill them. But and I also get the sense that he like doesn't really know what's going on at that time. So maybe he thinks he did more than what he did.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if he's like still tripping or if he's like this is related to his like wound. Well, so like oftentimes
1: and I don't know how this is again with shrooms because I've never done shrooms before. But like
0: oftentimes after you
1: like do drugs because they mess with your brain chemistry like they'll give you like way more like serotonin or whatever. And so then in the time shortly after you're done doing drugs you have like a huge shortage of serotonin like in comparison so your brain feels like really weird and horrible so like he might not be high anymore but he's still he's gonna maybe like feel bad for like a couple days i don't i don't know if that's i don't think that's how shrooms work though because i it's not like mdma but like i don't know
0: yeah i'm not sure not an expert but i don't know how shrooms work i don't know So he's going to wake up a second time and Doc tells him that he gave him some antibiotics and he should go home and Jughead's like, Yeah, you know, I think I actually need to go to New York because something happened to me. I can't remember what it was, but I keep getting these memories, and so I need to go home and figure it out. And then Jughead apologizes for when he was a kid and he didn't like step in to the guys beating him up and Doc was like, You were a kid, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, at least Doc like seems like a reasonable dude.
0: Yeah. I I just I just think for all of the things we could have brought back that are like have been throwaway mentions this is the one we did i i don't know i'm still just so mad at
1: them for killing brett
0: <laughs> yes. Like, imagine if Brett had broken out of the prison and was causing chaos. Yeah, that would uh, it would be so much better. Brett, Donna, any of them. I guess Donna's still alive. So but she's on the run. Happen. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why we needed this. I, I, so far, we have still gotten zero answers on the whole Mothman thing. So I, maybe we'll get that later. Well, and then like, uh,
1: so Jack is having these memories, but like, so they're memories of something bad that happened to him in New York.
0: So not in the range of the Mothman. Like, what? Right. Like, so this whole thing, he keeps having these, like, memories, and I think the whole, like, when he kept seeing the alien, I think that was just, like, a manifestation of his, like, haunted past of whatever happened in New York. Do we think that whatever happened in New York is going to be at all related to, like, the trash bag killer? Because I feel like that's the only interesting thing they could somehow tie this all in with.
1: Yeah, but then, like, I don't know. I... (laughs) It, none of this makes sense. And that would be them making a good choice and they
0: don't make good choices. Right. So back in the bunker, Betty and Tabitha wake up and Tabitha says she'll keep Betty secret about the voicemail and she wants to help Betty continue her work looking for the missing girls. And that's when they get the call from Jughead who says he's traveling to New York. Uh, Did, did we know? I can't remember. Did he call Tabitha or he called he Betty? Ca- he called Tabitha. Okay, that's what I thought. And then we see Jughead get into a big semi truck, which I, I don't think this is going to be at all. All related to the
1: no, I th- I think that they just like wanted to scare us, um, because like bad things have been happening to people who got into semis. Or maybe it is related, and we're gonna find out that like they're not actually dying, and like the semi trucks are not related to the dead girls.
0: But if the- if that's the case, and Jughead's gonna be like taken to the place where the girls are or something, he's not gonna go back to New York. So maybe the
1: girls are just actually hitchhiking. So maybe he's just gonna make it to New York, and like the girls are all fine.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's confusing. So. What We'll find out about that maybe. One day. Someday. We don't know. I, the only good thing I could say about this episode is I'm glad that, like, Tabitha and Betty are, are, like, hanging out, I guess. Yeah, that was that was cool to give them a plot line together, I, I Like, I, I like the idea of having them have plot lines together rather than, hopefully they can, if they do this, like, missing girls thing, then it'd be nice to see them having some plot lines that, like, don't have anything to do with Jughead. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, I would love um, for them to pass the Bechdel test. Yes, because otherwise... Really not happening no. so far. Yeah. At least exactly. in this episode. Because all they did was talk about Jughead.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's let's see. I had posted on Twitter, which I'm going to try to remember to keep doing before all of these episodes. Hell Basically, yeah. if you are a fan of Riverdale and you watch the show, whether you watch it live or later or whatever, make sure to at me or at KowskiCast. Adding KowskiCast is the better way of doing it, but try to do that uh, while you're watching and leave us all your thoughts because if we have to suffer through this, then- so do you and yeah, um, suffer with us. <laughs> I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that. Uh, so uh, I did post though a thread, and uh, Zeb says, "How would you react to Archie saying, <laughs> saying this?" And he posted a picture of um, Dwight from The Office that says, "I'm not in your panties. I don't go vigilantes." Uh, how would we react to Archie saying that instead of agreeing to go along with Veronica's plan? I think uh, I could see Archie saying that. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be good. And I mean, th- I think the problem is basically what he said is, I'm not in your panties. I don't go vigilantes, except okay, I guess I will for this old time's sake. <laughs> like, I'd
1: prefer if we stopped saying panties on the podcast. That's my <laughs> opinion on
0: the matter. I don't think we said it that many times. Mm, it's been said at least three times. Okay. And then Zev also says, I think we'd get this if you put Jughead in the same position where Veronica left to get divorced and instead then stays the night and comes back still married. I mean, a
1: divorce takes a long time. I don't know why Archie thought it was gonna be so instant.
0: I don't know. At least
1: I think if the papers were signed, that he'd feel better about it. Well, yeah, but like it takes time to get to an agreement for the papers. Like, cause they have to argue like who gets to keep what. Yeah, I don't know. Split it down the middle. <laughs> Oh, I don't think that Veronica is going to be comfortable splitting it down the middle. <laughs>
0: I don't think so.
1: Do you think that Veronica would have to pay spousal support because she's a better earner than Chad or whatever his name is? I don't is? know.
0: Is she a better? Like, we don't know much about Yeah, Chad's she was past. the she-wolf of Wall Street. Well, okay, but, like, we don't know if Chad, like, was also, like, a rich kid with a rich family. We don't know. I assume Yeah, but was. she knows
1: what to do with the money
0: to build more wealth. I mean, right now, she's a teacher at a town that doesn't exist. Because she doesn't <laughs> have to care about money because she can sell her elite. Eagle opals. Uh, yeah, it's very confusing if Veronica has money right now or not, because if she had enough money, just pay off Chad. Well,
1: I think she was having money troubles and then Chad used her new business to uh, get a loan for an investment that then went poorly. So I think she is in
0: the red. How do I remember what happened on Riverdale? Uh, you can't. Re-listen to our podcast. That's the only way to remember. Kyle Picard said, what ended up happening to the Julian doll and will it make a return? I don't know. I hope that they burned it in the Viking funeral. Uh, Yeah, um, I have no memory of what happened to it and will it make a return? I think not. However, I think all of Cheryl's plot lines apparently require some sort of, like, her siblings thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird, but I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't know. They still have no clue what they're doing with her, so. It's ucky. Yeah. Strange Bedfellows, the name of this episode, uh, is both a phrase, but also a term, I guess. I don't know. Is it a t- Would you say it's a term? Uh,
1: I think it's, a, uh, it's a, from a saying. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think it's from Shakespeare. I don't know. At the very least, it's in The Tempest, where Shakespeare wrote, Misery acquaintance a man with strange bedfellows. Okay. In, in in recent years, the phrase says, like, politics make be- strange bedfellows. I think basically it means people with nothing in common may come together solely because of shared interest, which I think yeah. makes sense in this episode considering, like, a lot of people just sort of came together to, like, help Veronica and then, like, people who have nothing in common except for their uh, shared interest in, I don't know, Jughead at some point in the future or past mm-hmm. or present um, came together to help that, although they didn't end up, like, finding him and also it took them like three days. Like this episode lasted like three days, and Betty and Tabitha and Jessica never made any progress. No. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Strange Bedfellows, also a 1965 comedy romance movie, Ooh. Which I skimmed through the description, and basically the only part that jumped out as being similar here is um, it's a there's like a five year later jump in it. Oh. And uh oh, there's also a character named Tony. Even <laughs> she wasn't. Yeah, but Tony wasn't in that. Episode. I know, um, but it, it has something to do with love. So yeah, there you go. I okay. think I think the phrase makes more sense than the movie for that one. We had two new characters who were mentioned in this episode. That's right, Calvin, aka Doc, and Jeremiah Peterson. Neither of which I could find any reference to in Archie I comics. Mean, technically, Doc was not a new character. We heard about him in season four, right? But we actually got to see him this time. So that's true. That's th- true. Uh, they were both there, and of course, the return of Double D and Double D's no. mom.
1: Take it. Back. Who, they're both
0: double D's because it's no wait. Yeah, Dodger Dickinson and Darla Dickinson. Okay, who is the most okay. normal person of the week? Hmm, this is a tough one. Yeah. Um. Well, it's not Cheryl or I, I don't Penelope. I think it could be anyone in Veronica's plotline, mostly just because they all either agreed to Archie's plan of Batmaning in through the ceiling, or they were Veronica. So yeah, but Kevin was only Batmaning to save his
1: dad. Yeah, I don't know. Is that better? He is still- the, it's still not normal. Yeah. But it, I feel
0: like he had the best reason for it. Um, I, I felt like, in general, Tabitha was pretty normal, also. I, Tabitha is pretty normal. Her and Betty both, like, I they, I think they both had several lines where they were like, okay, we, we don't trust Jessica, right? Yeah, we're definitely, like, when Jessica said, why don't we just also trip shrooms to yeah. retrace tra- re- Jughead's steps? And They're like, yeah, and we're Betty not were doing like, that, yeah, right? We're not going to
1: do that. I liked, I really liked in that part that when Betty's like, sorry, we've never uh tripped before. And I'm like, yeah, we can tell nerds.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like either them or maybe Kevin. I think the problem is that No, it's not Kevin. He's he
1: Batmanned through the ceiling. He's it's not Kevin. This is the one week where I'm like, no, Kevin can't be. I think we have to give it to Tabitha and Betty, personally. I, I just think no now, one do else we, is normal. Do we give it to both of them or was one of them more normal than the other? I
0: mean, you seem to be pretty on Betty's side for the whole voicemail situation. Like, I thought it was a little weird that she was like, I've saved this voicemail from two years ago. I don't think it's normal
1: that she kept it and played it for everyone. I just think that in the situation,
0: uh, it's more complicated than how it's presented. It is more complicated. I agree with that. I think for me, it was like, I felt like she was playing it as a look at how mean this guy was and what he said to me. But it also Mm -hmm. shows like some things that she did that was like not very nice. So let's give it to Tabitha. Okay, let's... Great. Good, good, good times. I think we've...
1: Has Tabitha gotten it a bunch already? No, I feel she's, like- she's
0: only gotten it once before from episode six.
1: That's I feel like I've
0: time. pushed for her before and you're like, no. I don't know. I feel like it's hard... I, I don't I don't want to give it to her if her only job is, like, standing behind the counter and Jughead says, like, one word to her. Like, I don't think that should count. But, um, I think you have to actually be in the episode a little bit. Like, I don't know. Did mm-hmm. Fang say a single word in this episode? I don't know. Fangs was like, have you heard from your so, dad? Yeah. I don't know. So I, I, I would love to know more about Fangs and Kevin, but, alas. Me too.
1: Normally I think that. it's creepy if people stay together from high school, but I think Fangs and Kevin are cute. Yeah.
0: Okay, I have a review to read that I found. Ooh. This is Actually, from a long time ago, but it was from South Africa. So it took me a little while to find, but I finally found it. Hi. Yes. Um. This is a five star review. The only kind we accept. It is from Liam from South Africa. And Liam says Great podcast with great people talking about a badly good show. If Fangs and Betty were a couple, their ship name would be hashtag Bangs. <laughs> Not that. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy about this. Um, (laughs) say lots of love from Liam from South Africa. Liam, lots of love to you and thank you. And I believe that we did say that um Kirsten does need to at least say the ship name. So Kirsten. Oh, uh Bangs. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's gotta be. Well, I don't think Fangs and Betty would ever be a ship. That is at the very least a great friendship name, and um, that's effing hilarious. <laughs> I love it so much. That's so funny. Uh, that's definitely the best ship name that I've heard in a long time. So thank you. It's way it better. Might than might be Thalass. the best ship name of all time of ever. Yeah. I was trying to think if there was like anyone else that I could make one that good, but uh, it's so good. Who? Nothing could be better. Thank you, Liam, for leaving that review and for just really cheering up my day. So thank you so much. Yeah, Liam, you're the best. Oh, so good. Everyone else, uh, please remember to always leave reviews. And, um, you know, thanks for listening. But we have way more downloads than we have reviews. So come on, people. Get on it. Well, I mean, the downloads, it's not like one download
1: per person. We will always have more downloads <laughs> than reviews. <laughs> no, because people can leave multiple reviews. So I, I don't think they can. They I can just amend can. the one they already left. I don't know
0: about that. I think you can make a new account. and you can get on your friends. Yeah, God, make a new account. Computer. Get on your
1: friends phones leave us a review
0: yeah uh but thank you so much for doing that that's really all for this week's episode anything else kirsten from you um i don't think there anything else about that episode no okay well you know it's one of those weeks maybe we'll have more to talk about in the future but who knows we had lots to talk about like it's a, like we've been talking for over an hour it's not like we had nothing to say i felt like we had nothing to say like i felt i feel like the end of the like there were a lot of plot lines in the first half of season five that we still don't have answers to, but we didn't touch on any of them. We will never get answers. All Like the biggest cliffhanger from the previous season was like, oh my gosh, Jughead has escaped his handcuffs. And then it was like, yeah, he just like escaped and went down to the docks. Like we, I I have no clue what the purpose of any of this was.
1: He likes to go for a walk when he's tripping. Yeah, his walkabouts. (laughs) It's a classic walkabout. Okay, Okay, I don't know why. I don't know why he
0: would question that. All right. Okay, everyone. That's all. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time for episode 12. Until then, you can follow me online everywhere at Frail Mary. And if you're interested, you can check out some of the other podcasts we do over here on Kowski Cast. That's Cow with a K. Make sure to check out our Twi Fight stuff. Now that Twi Fight is uh, like officially done recording, we uh we have to release our movie episode and our commentary episode. But other than that, done with Twilight, and we will be moving on to New Moon with a slightly revamped format in order to add a little bit. Bit more fight into the Twi fight because
1: Yes! Fight! Fight! fight. I know, because I
0: listened to Kirsten and my dad, who both told me that we need more fight. So okay, we're gonna gonna do that.
1: You don't fight enough. Yep.
0: So we're gonna add some more fighting in and hope you're ready for that. You can also check out some of the other podcasting that I've been doing. I'm of course doing big brother updates mostly on Sundays, but sometimes other days as well, over on Rob is a podcast. Also on show Recaps, I just did a one-off podcast. For Outer Banks Season 2 Covers the first and second season So if you're into that show Go check that out And Kirsten You can follow Kirsten Everywhere at Kirsten said what But uh, Kirsten What are some of the other Podcasting things That you are doing right now So I have been
1: v busy So Love Island USA Is just wrapping up Brian Scalley and I Have been covering that Over on the Reality TV Wrap-ups feed On Rob has a podcast I have also been covering F-Boy Island On HBO Max With Jenny Autumn no. Um, also on the reality TV wrap-up speed, and we covered the second batch of episodes with Ray Sonny, which was very, very exciting and a big uh, deal for my life. And also, I have a weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast with the Lindsay Wilson. It's called BoJack Horse Pod. People could check that out if they want to hear me talk about a show I like. That's what that's for. And this upcoming Tuesday, myself and Brian Scalley will be talking with Rob Sesternino about the fifth best season of Survivor, uh, Survivor China. So check
0: that out too. So exciting. So many podcasting things going it's, it's on. It's too much. I'm so tired. How far are y'all into BoJack Horseman now? Um, We recorded
1: season three, episode eight today and there's 12 episodes per season so we're almost half done Um, but then after that's done we'll talk about Tuca and Birdie. Okay. So
0: Cool. Wow. Yeah. Really moving along. Powering through.
1: We're Zooming. Um, Lindsay is a literal dream angel in my life. All of my co-hosts are angels in my life because all of you also love Survivor China a lot too.
0: Yes, that's um, that's what we all have in common. It's the Venn diagram. Uh, podcasting with me and loving Survivor China. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'm at you know at the very least, I'm kind of excited to be back on like a scheduled update system. We all know that yes. TwiFight is just whenever I feel like it, and uh, this show is you know it's dictated by uh, by the network. So we actually have to do it in some sort of reasonable fashion.
1: Wish the network would ask us our opinion.
0: I wish the network would say, what day do you want this? show to be. And I would say, please stop putting every show that I watch at eight o'clock on Wednesday. But okay, thanks. No, they will never stop. It's fine. It's okay. Just, you know, whatever. I guess competition is good for TV. I have no idea how TV works. I mean,
1: I don't think Riverdale is directly competing with the other shows you watch <laughs> at eight o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> Probably not.
0: That's just me though. All right, everybody. Until next time. Um, bye. <laughs>
1: Ugh, my dad's likes Luther.